I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I was out on my rock yesterday and uh, was talking about uh, just some of the ways that I have been uh, working through this hardest thing I've ever had to try and work through, this transition of our relationship. And uh, I ended up getting some notes. I got some notes uh, asking some questions about how... uh, how do you kind of keep moving forward? How do you stay motivated? How do you, um, you know, how do you keep on keeping on? And uh, the interesting thing in this season is that we are, all of us, right, uh, trudging through, uh, we're all trudging through something right now. We're all grieving something right now. We're all in the midst of, uh, you know, hard things and trying to do our very best in trying to make it through. Um, much of what is happening inside the world, uh, much of what's happening inside of each of your individual lives, it is not something that uh, you signed up for. It's not something that you uh, wanted necessarily. It's not something that you uh, you asked for. And yet, uh, here you are. Here we are. And uh, and we're now, uh, I think, collectively faced with this question of how do we uh, how do we get through it? How do we push through it? Uh, you know. This six weeks for me is uh, has been uh, for both of us, for uh, for our family. It's been just the hardest six weeks of uh, of our entire lives, of my entire life, and uh, and I have had to uh, go back to uh, some of the things that we have previously uh, talked about inside of our coaching community. Some of the stuff that uh, uh, just creates the kind of momentum um, that affords taking one more good step forward, even on the days that it doesn't feel like you should or can. And so I thought I would do something uh, a little unconventional today. I am going to record the podcast for Rise Together next week uh, in real time. And if you want to watch it, cool. Uh, I, in our life coaching class last month, we, uh, we got into the topic, funny how God works, of how to hack your motivation uh, and how to hack your motivation inside of hard times uh, feels like a thing that is timely for every single one of you human beings. Uh, and so I thought, you know what, I'm going to just run through uh, 10 things that, uh, that I have been personally leaning on in the midst of this and, uh, and hoping, hoping uh, that some of this conversation maybe is applicable to you in the midst of you also having to uh, push through something that you did not potentially uh, see coming or vote for or, um, you know, are necessarily enjoying. It is it is hard. What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us, think like us, or live like us? I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. 
And when we raise each other up, we all rise together. In our coaching group, we got this question from someone named Chris with a K, and it was, how do you keep your motivation going in a season where life is so strange, we're staying home so much more, we're away from other people, what are some of the hacks that you can uh, use to keep on going when life and time just seems to drag on? That is a good question, Chris. So uh, I came up with 10 things. These are my 10 things. If they are uh, in any way helpful for you, uh, I am uh, here for it. But uh, I'll start with number one. You have to, you have to surround yourself with positivity to feel positive. <laughs> you have to really, really be so focused on what you are surrounding yourself with so that you can uh, feel the way that you'd hope to. Uh, so a gratitude practice, obviously a thing that we have uh, talked about for a long, long time positive influences on show, on social media, uh, making sure that you're not over-consuming the news, guarding the walls of your mind and your thoughts in the way that you um, hopefully can come away feeling more hopeful than hopeless. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that you have to do uh, very, very actively. You have to start by absolutely 100% making sure that you are creating a positive environment that affords you the possibility for hopefulness, for the belief that you can continue to persevere and push through and get through this. I, I have started most days by listening to music, uh, mostly worship music, if I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I have an app called Motivate that uh, has people motivating me to get up, get moving, let's go. Uh, I'm subscribed to podcasts that help uh, reinforce the kind of mindset that I want or uplifting in some way, uh, something that will help uh, remind me of who I am becoming. Right. So uh, the first thing is you got to just focus on creating a positive, uh, a, a positive flow of information, a positivity, gratitude, something that you can springboard off of. The second thing to hack your motivation that you have to do is that you have to cast a vision. Right. Um, you have to have a vision of where you're going. Uh, so right now, in the midst of this, sometimes we get stuck like, oh, this is the hardest. This is the worst. How long will it last? And you have to cast a vision for how this thing that you are processing, this thing that you are going through is creating something that will become better uh, on the other side, that you are becoming through this. And so you have to cast a vision, right? It can be a fancy vision board that you use. It can be writing in a journal. It can be a Pinterest board, whatever Pinterest is, but you have to have a sense of where you're going, right? You have to be able to tap into knowing where you're going and you have to get specific or you're not going to get there, right? So if you can create as much detail as possible for the person that you're becoming inside of the circumstance that you find yourself in, you'll have a chance to connect to it and tap into it along the way. Right? It could be the life that you want to have a year from now. It could be the life you want to have a week from now. But just knowing, having that vision is a thing that will help manufacture the kind of motivation that you might need on the days that you don't, that you don't want it. Right? You have to know where you're headed if you're going to get there. Uh, if you're having trouble casting a vision, right? Uh, I, I will tell you, uh, 
in, in part, the experience of this experience for me has been uh, somewhat of a blank piece of paper, right? I am uh, thinking about what life is going to look like and uh, a blank piece of paper for any of you, right? Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe uh, the, the world has changed the way that you can do the things that you previously were able to do. A blank piece of paper can be both terrifying and exhilarating, right? But when it becomes terrifying, the thing that uh, was really helpful for me, and man, I picked this up from Rachel and the conversation she had last week or the week before with Liz Gilbert, I wrote down all of the things that I am afraid of so that I could understand what the blank piece of paper terrifying me was actually about. Uh, they had this conversation on the Rise podcast about making a list of fears, and uh, I did it in real time. And I'll tell you what, man, understanding what you're afraid of in what you're trying to get through allows you to actually deconstruct and, and see which of these blocks are real and which one of them aren't. It was, it was so, so helpful and was, for me, something that could turn a terrifying thing in a blank piece of paper into something I could get excited about, something that I could start to actually see, and in seeing it, get up and walk toward it every single day. Start with surrounding yourself with positivity, then you gotta cast a vision. Once you have a vision, you gotta create some goals, right? One of the most important things to having an ability to hack your motivation is actually having a set of goals. And uh, for me, uh, you may have uh, been a part of our next 90 days conversation. Um, smart goals, forget it. Smart goals is the place that you have to go if you want to be able to always have an ability to have your motivation a thing that you are in control of. So if you don't know what smart goals are, the S is for specific, right? So these are focused objectives. Details totally matter here. If you're talking about a health goal, it's not enough to say that you want to be in better health. You've got to actually commit to a specific goal. You're going to move your body for 30 minutes, or you're going to drink your you know, half your weight in, in ounces of water. You're going, to, you're going to do something specific. I will tell you, in the last six weeks worth of time, I have run 224 miles on the roads. I mean, the skinniness of my face, uh, in part, is because of having had very specific goals for how I had to push into my physical health because of it being therapy, right? I, I, I set a specific goal every single day, and in setting it, I was able to hit my target every single day. I've written in my journal every single day. I've had meditation, a thing I've never done in my life, every single day. I've had 18 sessions with therapists. I mean, God bless, I'm buying a boat for a human being named David, but uh, I've been in prayer every single day. I've stayed committed to eating well and being totally sober and being on that dang rock where I am you know, in conversation with God and starting my day the right way. But that's because the goals that I have are specific to the way that I am hoping to actually show up as well as I can. And the thing is, the goal, right, ends up being something that is very specific to the day that I can control. I cannot control what's happened in the past. I cannot control what will happen in the future, how long this quarantine will last. The thing that I can control is how I show up today, the things I do today. 
And so I just have to get really sharp with my focus and specific about what can I do today to make today great? To show up the way I want to for myself, to show up the way I want to for my kids, for my work, the ambition of amicability in the process of this divorce with Ray, right? The most important thing on earth is how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. And the more specific you can get with your goals in what you need to achieve today in your everyday is the way you can create integrity between who you'd hope to be and who you show up as, right? So that's the S in, in SMART goals. The M is measurable, right? And the, the thing about measurable is that you sometimes create a goal, but you haven't given any specific parameters to it. And so your ability to stay motivated towards it is super compromised if you don't know where you're trying to go, right? So setting a measurable number of steps as a for example, that you wanna try and walk every single day is a thing that'll keep you going when you get close, right? If you see that you're halfway through the day and you're a little behind halfway through the day pace, you're probably gonna pick up the pace a little bit, right? You're probably gonna be doing something that'll help you stay more motivated because of knowing the measurable goal that you're trying to hit and seeing where you are relative to the progress as you go. The A in SMART goals is achievable. Right? And so one of the hardest things in upside down times like these is we send, we set, we tend to set totally unrealistic goals relative to the headwinds that we are experiencing, right? Like the new circumstances that we find ourselves inside of, these new circumstances that we find ourselves inside of call for a different kind of achievability in terms of the goals that we're setting. Right? One of the fastest ways to compromise how you feel motivated is to set goals that you cannot achieve and then get down on yourself. So be honest with where you are, set goals that are gonna push you, but not so far beyond what's possible for you in the unrealisticness of there having been set beyond what you're capable of that you start getting down on yourself or feel like giving up, right? R is for relevant. In SMART goals, R is for relevant. You will never, ever stay motivated by any goals that do not really matter to you, right? You're never gonna stay motivated to goals that don't matter to you. And if you know your why isn't strong, if you don't have a, a why that's stronger than your excuses, you will stop being motivated, right? So it, it, the goal isn't relevant. If it matters more to someone else than it matters to you, you won't reach for it every day. You won't stay motivated to chase after it every day. And it, it's because of its relevance that you are going to decide, oh, wow, I'm motivated for this. It's actually something that I am all about, right? Motivation, in some ways, needs to be something that serves you, right? And, and sometimes, man, it's hard because it feels like, oh, that's selfish. But if it's not something that's for you, you will not stay motivated. You'll become angry, you'll become resentful, you will not be motivated. It has to be something that matters to you. The T in SMART goals refer refers to timely, right? So you have to give your goals a deadline. If you say, oh, I'm gonna organize the kitchen at some point, but you don't actually say it's going to be by a certain time, sometime may never come, right? But if you decide that you want to do it before the weekend so that you can hang out in the yard and enjoy some time with the kids, you've created some motivation that's connected to a ticking clock. 
And that ticking clock existing creates motivation. I mean, in the midst of this hard season that I'm working through, nearly every single one of my goals is on a wildly shorter time horizon, right? I'm working through getting through this day. I am working through getting through this week. So the work that I'm doing when I set my goals is very much about how I can create urgency to make it through today, right? I don't know that it has to come across the long time horizon for you, but uh, if you can set time-based goals, there will be an ability for you to stay motivated, uh, and, and hopefully if you can create things that um, aren't too far off, because man, there's just so much happening that we cannot control in the future, um, you won't feel as overwhelmed during times that are obviously overwhelming. All right, so you gotta start with positivity, you've gotta create a vision, you've gotta set some goals, uh, and then the next thing is, you've gotta commit to a routine that works for you every single day, right? You gotta get a little bit religious about how you are doing a routine. For me, I'm getting up at the same time every single day. Uh, I'm keeping my space organized. I, I am making my dang bed when I wake up in the morning, uh, I, you have to you know, do a mindfulness practice of some kind that lets you ground your thoughts, right? That's gonna let you uh, start the day as a, in some ways that can be a springboard for every other thing that you wanna accomplish in the day, right? I, I've been, like I said, I'm starting the day every single day the same kind of way in the midst of these last six weeks. I'm starting with some gratitude. I'm doing some journaling. I'm going on a run. At the end of a run, I am sitting on a dang rock in the middle of nature. And in this rock overlooking the valley, I sit and have a conversation with God. And then I do a meditation to get my mind right before I set the intention for my day. It's the same kind of thing every day. Once I've grounded myself, right, I'm, I'm able now to go and have a, a better day, a more intentional day, a more focused day, a day that allows me to stay connected to motivation for having framed it in a way that would actually get me there first thing in the morning. You gotta be able to plan what you're gonna focus your energy on. And so I'll do that, I'll come back, I'll have my three boring eggs, and then I'll go through the list of the things that I want to try and accomplish in priority order, right? Because there's some kind of fatigue that sets in for me through the day. I have a motivation fatigue of sorts. And so whatever is most important in the day, today I decide, you know what? I'm going to record this upcoming Rise Together podcast. I'm going to do it with some strangers from the internet looking in. So this is the first thing I'm doing today, right? And I know what I'm going to do next and the thing I'm going to do next. But creating a little bit of prioritization so that you can go through the things that you need to go through in order of their importance. It's part of how you have to have a, a good routine. After my day is done, I'll tell you what, I have been uh, reading books. I have been reading books uh, at night. It's not a thing that I'd historically done, but uh, there's been something about finishing my day with a book that has been good for my brain, uh, good for my uh, thinking differently or challenging the way that I am thinking in real time. Uh, and it's a good primer. It makes me feel good before I go to sleep and it helps me when I get up the next morning feel um, like I can take on the next day. All right, the fifth thing that I argue you need to do to maintain motivation is take it one day at a time. Take it one day at a time, right? Motivation is a daily 
practice. Sometimes the, the weight of the things that we are experiencing and the pain and the grief, that it, we are collectively processing grief. Doesn't, it, 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 everyone is processing the grief of what was prior to COVID. Everyone is processing um, the grief of not being able to see the people that they love the most normally. The, like we're grieving, and I'm grieving relationship, but like there's, everyone is grieving. Right. And sometimes the weight of the conditions that we find ourselves inside of can feel overwhelming because of what feels like an over and over game of Groundhog's Day. Uh, you know, when life's created the kind of headwinds that it has, you know, it's it's a thing that can come uh, become overwhelming if you allow yourself to think too much about what happens next or how uh, it's supposed to happen or when things will return to normal. You know, when when quarantine first started, I wrote this quote. It was one of the first lines I wrote in a book that I'm uh, working on that was uh, in this rush to return to normal. Consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to. Right. And at the time I was, you know, speculating about uh, what of the busyness and the calendar and the things that seemed important, but now maybe aren't were uh, potential things that we could move from the list. Uh, all of us now have a different list of things that we are now processing, including for me, the change in a relationship, not a thing that I was anticipating when I wrote that thing down. And if I start to think too much about uh, what normal is going to look like on the other side of this window that we're sitting inside of, it becomes overwhelming and it compromises my ability to stay motivated. So you have to take it day by day, take it day by day. And so my, 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 my encouragement to you is yeah, take it day by day. And if you can't, take it in blocks, you know, take it in blocks. If you have to try and find a way to consider what the next best thing is for you to do to get between here and lunch, do that. If it's that you're going to take it by hour, do that. Uh, it, it will uh, inevitably feel easier when you realize that you are only in control of what you can do today. Uh, number six, number six in how to maintain, how to hack your motivation. Interrupt the voice in your head. Uh, I happen to uh, have mentioned this yesterday uh, while I was sitting on my rock in nature. Uh, but I just read this amazing book. I'm sure many people have read uh, this book called The Untethered Soul. Dang it. I really recommend it for anyone, everyone, especially in the midst of the things that we're going through. But uh, in it, among other things... It talks about how who we are and what we think are two totally different things, right? Who we are and what we think, who we are and what we feel are two totally different things, right? There's this running soundtrack that just exists inside of our head. And those thoughts that are running are at times things that we believe are us, right? Uh, but our thoughts are not who we are. Our thoughts are not who we are. Our emotions are not who we are. And we feel something. That's not, doesn't mean that that's who we are. We're feeling something. And so the idea of this book, my goodness, it was so powerful for me. We are witness to those thoughts. We are witness to those emotions. 
And on the days that you don't feel motivated, on the days where it feels like the negative self-talk is winning or you're feeling something that makes it harder to get after what you want to get after, see if you can't pull yourself back and witness the dialogue or spend time with the feelings to understand what information they might be providing you, right? In a way that doesn't have you believing that you're necessarily what you're saying, what they're saying, right? When I'm anxious, this is the example I used yesterday, but when I'm anxious, I used to do everything I could to not be anxious. I would push it out of the way. I, I would try and suppress it. I would try and uh, do whatever I could to just not allow it to be uh, around me or let my uh, you know mood be changed by it. And now, as I'm getting anxious, because I'm human, as you get anxious, I try to witness the anxiety, right? I try to ask myself, what is this anxiety trying to tell me? This feeling that I am feeling, this soundtrack that is speaking to my anxiety. It isn't me, right? It's me witnessing information. It's me witnessing data. And the questions now that I can ask about the data actually afford me an opportunity to create a plan, right? Anxiety is usually telling me that I don't have a plan for how to handle something in my life, right? I haven't worked through the steps of what it's going to take to actually turn something that's creating friction into something that I can overcome. And if you can observe the voice or observe the feeling, you can actually just see it as intel. You can see it as information. And if you can see that information and separate yourself from the feeling, you're not the feeling. If you separate yourself from the thought, you're not that thought. And ask, what might this information be telling me? Now you can address it. And so now I get anxious. I'm like, oh, I haven't done a plan. I haven't made a plan around this thing that's creating anxiety for me. Maybe there's an opportunity for me to take a second and ask, where does this come from? And is there something that I could do to make it better, right? I'm interrupting the voice in that head and the interrupting of the voice is something that's affording me an ability to stay connected to my motivation in a way that sometimes those voices or emotions would otherwise completely throw you off track and not afford you an ability to do so. All right, the seventh thing, number seven, find community to keep you going. Find community to keep you going. Uh, there is no way to get through uh, this hard season. There is no way to get through anything that any of us are processing by ourselves. It is not, it is not possible. It is not possible. Staying motivated um, is, is definitely a very uh, personal thing, for sure. Every uh, profession, but you know, like, it, it, it's a personal thing. But every professional athlete has a coach and a trainer. And their role is to bring the best out of them, right? The people who lead the biggest businesses in the world have mentors that they depend on, right? Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, they're two of the most successful entrepreneurs in the history of the universe. And they absolutely have depended on each other as mentors and consigliere through the years to build the things that they've built. Bob, I Bob Iger and Steve Jobs, when Steve was still alive, were very close friends. And the insight that each of them could provide to the other is part of how they were able to build the most iconic brands in the entire world, right? Other people sharing 
how their secrets in their work on their own struggle may in fact afford you an opportunity to create a better plan for yourself, right? Just normalizing struggle. God, this is hard. This, 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 is, impo this is impossibly hard. Every, everything that's happening is hard. And if you can't connect in community with other people that can normalize how hard this is, you may feel like there's something wrong with you. And there is nothing wrong with you feeling like this is hard right now. It is. I, I don't want to curse. It's that hard. It is that hard, right? An accountability partner, I'll tell you, is a thing that absolutely 100% will help you stay motivated on the days that you don't feel like it. I don't know if any of you go on a walk with a friend, right? My mom, she likes to walk with her friend, Lisa. And, uh, you know, like, are there days that, you know, you don't feel like going on a walk, but, but your friend might? Like, I'm sure that there are days when my mom is not interested in going on that dang walk, but knowing that Lisa's standing down there at the corner with her shoes on waiting for her is part of what ends up getting her to the old bus stop, right? There are plenty of days that it goes the other way, but because that person's waiting for you or waiting for that, of course. So finding someone who can be an accountability partner that's, that's part of it. Finding someone who maybe is processing struggle, grief, the challenge of this upside down world and has found a hack. And because of their ability to connect with you can afford you a way through. Dang it. And, and if, 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 if nothing else, normalizing how normal it is to struggle. It is, a, it, it is, it is a, an okay and totally normal thing to experience and feel struggle because it's hard. This is impossibly hard. Everything that is happening in life right now, no matter what you're going through, it is impossibly hard. Number eight, celebrate your progress. How do you keep your motivation going? Celebrate your progress. Uh, an unfortunate piece of our humanity ends up being that we tend to focus on what we didn't accomplish rather than what we all have, right? The best way that we can maintain motivation is momentum, right? Is momentum. Bodies in motion stay in motion. The idea of inertia, a car gets its best gas mileage on the highway. Why does a car get its best gas mileage on the highway? because the amount of energy required from the engine is wildly lower when the car is already moving. So that is also the case when it comes to being and staying motivated, right? If we've ac accomplished things on our task lists, man, it makes us feel like we can accomplish things on our task list. I, I mentioned making my bed, right? Start my day making my bed. Why, why is the simplicity of making your bed an important thing to start your day with? because it reminds you, the simple task of accomplishment reminds you that you have an ability to accomplish something. You start your day actually winning. And with that little win, you're able to build on the momentum of that win, right? There was a great speech by Admiral McRaven, who in uh, this commencement speech, it's a great speech, you should watch the entire thing, right? Part of it too is that no matter what ends up happening for the rest of your day, when you return to your room at night, you get to see your made bed. And your made bed existing reminds you that no matter whatever else happened, no matter whatever else happened, 
you accomplish that one thing today and it's a reminder as you go to sleep that you can accomplish things the next day. So, you know, focus on how can you create a little bit of momentum, right? You'll create some pride in checking small things off of your list so that you feel like you can check more things off of your list, right? If you've done something on your list that ends up being just a little bit outside of your comfort zone or it's new or you're learning, you may even get a dose of pride with the momentum that is gonna definitely help engineer some of the motivation. All right, number nine, when you acknowledge the, the progress, reward it. Reward your progress. Some of you, like me, are more externally motivated, more extrinsically motivated. You know, if you're not someone who just like can stay in the state of being motivated, sometimes you have to dangle a carrot in front of yourself to feel like you can or should do the thing that you're saying um, that you should uh, wanna do, right? If you love iced tea, and that's the thing that sits as the pot of gold on the other side of you playing the Frozen soundtrack for the 12th time in an afternoon with one of your kids, dance like an ice queen, right? Go ahead and spend that quality time. And as you do, look forward to that iced tea as the thing that is going to save you from having to sing into the unknown for the 4,000th time during quarantine. Find yourself a carrot. And the 10th thing, the final thing, uh, uh, and maybe it's the uh, last one, best one. Give yourself some grace. How do you stay motivated? Give yourself some grace. There's something in uh, you know our, our pursuit to stay motivated that we can sometimes find ourselves in a trap around, and that is um, comparing ourselves to other people and how much more motivated they seem to be than us. Right? We can beat ourselves up when we see how well other moms and dads have turned quarantine into a full day camp and spa experience for their kids and feel like our willingness to give our kids some extra screen time makes us less. That makes us sane, right? Don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't worry about how other people are or aren't staying motivated. You do you and stay connected to this season being hard stay connected to this inevitably being something that will have you having hard days. Staying motivated, processing grief, going through this hard time, it is not a linear thing. It is not linear, right? We are all processing grief on some level in real time. And grief is something that unfortunately exists, right? Grief of what normal used to feel like, grief of a broken world, grief of a relationship, grief of all of the things that are happening in this upside down, in this upside down world. And the process of grieving is something that over the long arc of time, absolutely will get better over time. But it doesn't happen that every single day is better than the last day, right? It, it, it just doesn't. You can have three great days in a row, and then you can have two really, really hard days. And it is okay. And the thing that will kill your motivation is if you don't have grace for this reality that it is not linear. It is not something that every single day is going to feel better. You can continue every day to make the best next decision to have as good a day as you possibly can. But inevitably, you are going to find yourself with a hard day and you are going to fall off. And when you fall off, when you hit struggle, that's part of the process. 
It's just part of the process. You're going to have some hard days and you are going to have to get back up with a, an attitude that recognizes that it doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you wrong. It makes you human. It makes you human to have a, a nonlinear trajectory through grief, through this COVID, through your kids still being in the house, even though you wish you could send them literally anywhere, right? If you have a hard day, connect to you having done the best you could in the conditions we're in and give yourself some grace. All right. Those are 10 things. Those are the 10 things uh, that have been um, helpful for me. It was part of a conversation, like I said, in the, uh, the, the coaching community this last month in our, in our talk about how to hack your motivation. I hope, it, I hope it's helpful. Uh, it's been... Uh, it's been so nice uh, just the last couple of days. I, I've not been on uh, online very much, and uh, it's been so nice to be able to connect uh, with y'all uh, through just having a, a conversation like this. Um, you know, it, it, your your support and uh, just being part of uh, this experience, this hard, hard experience for, for us, for me, for Ray, for our family, uh, is a part of a bridge that'll get us to the other side. Um, if you if you are a person who prays, man, send send your prayers. We uh, we we need them. I need them. She needs them. We all need them. Uh, we're going through hard stuff together. I know that you, who is listening right now, you human, uh, you're going through hard things too. Uh, but collectively, being inside a community like this, hopefully, you feel uh, a sense of not being alone. Uh, potentially equipped with something that can be helpful to help you. Uh, on the days that you don't feel like it, and uh, and maybe more than anything, uh, the gift of the permission of not having to feel like uh, a, a hard day or a bad day makes you uh, a bad person. It makes you a human person who is experiencing unprecedented things in unprecedented times. I appreciate y'all. I hope that you have a great Thursday. There is, this is uh, being recorded for next week's Rise Together, but there is a new episode of Rise Together on uh, the podcast this week. Uh, if, if you did not know, we, we've changed the format up. I'm going to be hosting Rise Together from uh, now on, and I'm bringing in uh, people who have had a different life experience so that we might, uh, as a community, get closer to people who've had uh, a, a different kind of lens through which they've seen the world, and in sharing their experience, maybe make us a little more uh, understanding, bring, the, bring, bring us a little bit closer to how um, their life has worked in a way that creates some empathy and maybe uh, even activism for the, the work or world that they live inside of. Last week, we had Dr. Ed Barron on talking about race. It is arguably, I think, the most important uh, 48 minutes that you could possibly listen to. Uh, how to talk about racism and anti-racism. It was such an, such an important and, and fantastic conversation. This week, uh, I have a, a really extraordinary conversation with the first transgender elected official in uh, West Virginia. So uh, she made history. Uh, she's an activist inside of the mental health space and uh, did something that no one thought that was uh, was even possible in, inside of a super conservative space. And uh, it is a really, it's a fantastic conversation. I hope that you will check it out. Uh, I'll see you all soon. Thanks for being here. And uh, I hope you have a great Thursday. Rise Together is hosted by me, Dave Hollis. This show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support by Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Rise Together is a product of The Hollis Company.